0: Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews with equestrian authors who love all things horses and writing about them. In each episode, you'll hear inspirational stories from horse book authors, including writing advice and marketing tips to help you write your very own horse book. If you're an author, aspire to be an author, or simply love horse books, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Cade and creative writing makes my spurs jingle. Hi everyone, welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight. Today I am so excited to have author Laura Wolf on the show. Hi Laura. Hi Carly, thanks so much for having me. So glad to have you here. So uh, to kick things off, I'm going to read your author bio so people have a little bit of background on you, and then we'll get into the fun part, which is obviously the interview. So here we go. Author Laura Wolf writes psychological suspense for adults and young adults. Her YA mystery Trail of Secrets was named as a finalist in the 2016 Next Generation Indie Book Awards, first novel category. Barn Shadows was shortlisted in the 2018 Chanticleer Paranormal Book Awards. Laura holds a BA in English from the University of Michigan and is an active member of multiple writing groups, including Sisters in Crime, Mystery Writers of America, and international thriller writers. She lives in Michigan with her husband, son, daughter, and one spoiled rescue dog. When she's not writing, she enjoys hiking through the woods, playing games with her energetic kids, and growing vegetables in her garden. For more information on her upcoming books, please visit www.laurawolfbooks, That's www.laurawolfbooks.com, an e, and I'll link to all that information in the show notes for people interested in finding you. So I'm, what's really cool is we are both from Michigan. I think you're from Milford. Is that right?
1: No. Um, actually, I'm from, from the Detroit area, and I live in Ann Arbor now. Um, oh. I used to live in Milford. We moved to Ann Arbor two years ago.
0: Okay, so when we first started talking, um, you know, you mentioned uh, we've we've worked together several times over the course of our author journeys, and you mentioned That's that you're right. in Milford. I grew up in Clarkston, which is not far from Milford. Uh-huh. What is so crazy is my dad lives in Ann Arbor. So, oh no uh, way, I
1: didn't know that. Yeah, That's so, so great.
0: Michigan people are really cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm really excited to have you on the show today. I've I've loved your books. I I love. Your horse stories, and I just wanted to, you Thank know, you. kind of gradually move into the interview by by asking you. And this is a biggie, a biggie first question. But you know, what inspires you um, to feel like your your very best
1: self? So yeah, for me, I think uh, to stay centered, I I really need to take some time for myself. Um, whether that's just um, some quiet time, or taking a walk in the woods, or hanging out with, um, even just sitting with my kids. Um, And it just definitely need time to organize my thoughts before I can sit down and and write something that makes sense. Um, As far as writing goes, anytime someone tells me they read my book or enjoyed it or liked it, that totally inspires me to keep going and and, uh, keep writing more stories.
0: Oh, that is the best feeling in the world when someone says, I couldn't put it down. When is the next one coming? It is. It's the best. That, that's a big honor as an author. And, and I see why people would reach out to you and say that because your, your books are very intriguing. And, oh, and thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that being said, <clears throat> I understand, you know, needing to recharge and kind of calm down. And I think as, as
1: writers, we're a little introverted. Would you, would you say that's right? I, well, speaking for myself, I definitely am. Um, but I think that is a common trait among a lot of writers that, uh, I think because when you, you internalize all of these things, you have to get it out somehow. So the easiest form for a lot of us is to write it down.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we like to hide out behind our computers and type, (laughs) type our feelings and thoughts and make them into these, these beautiful stories. Um, so going back to writing books, like what, you know, excites you about about writing and writing books, be, you know, be, obviously you talked about an outlet to express yourself, you know, and, and put those feelings out there. What excites you about
1: writing your books? Sure. Um, I like to start with uh, like an interesting premise or something that's unique. And then think of the, the what if behind that. So like, for example, with Trail of Secrets, I thought, what if uh, a girl went out on a trail ride at a horse camp and her horse came back without her? and no one ever knew what happened to her. What if nobody could find her? And then it's kind of like a challenge to write an entire manuscript about that. And um, because I love mysteries and I like to keep people on the edge of their seat, I thought uh, you know that was a good premise and I like thinking of other scenarios similar to that. And you
0: have a childhood story that actually helped you when you were pulling together your your Trail of Secrets and in, in all the books that follow right? Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: (laughs) I do. I do. So when I was growing up, I went, I actually went to a horse camp um, with my cousin, who's a good friend of mine, and she's my same age. And it was uh, a place where we could just go and ride for a week. It was a sleepover camp. And um, we just thought it was heaven. You know, you just rode horses and groomed horses all day long. Um, So when I was writing Trail of Secrets and Barn Shadows, and now the third book, um, it takes place at a horse camp, and um, I did draw some memories. I mean, there's some clear differences. The horse camp I went to is actually at that time I rode western, so it was western riding. Um, and then in my book, it's I s- switched over sometime in my riding career to riding English. So the horse camp in my book is a hunter jumper type riding academy, but. Um, but I did draw a lot of memories and inspiration from those experiences back from my childhood. Um, although I didn't, nobody went missing. Thankfully there were no missing <laughs> girls and, uh, I did not see any ghosts. So the, the character, the main character in my book has the ability to sometimes see ghosts. Um, so that's another thing that did not actually happen.
0: <laughs> and, that's, <laughs> it, and that's great. And you really touched on something. I think, um, for people to understand, you know, we are writing fiction, but where does experience come from, right? It's from things that you've known and touched and done, and so a lot of you know our our experiences around horses wind up kind of helping us formulate our stories, even though it's not real. You know, like we write from our experience. So, so you obviously did that in your uh, that's dark, so true dark horse series, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, where 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 else do you do it? I mean, you can go and research things, but I think that's what sometimes gives. Our book, such an authentic feel is that we're, we're writing from, you know, our experience with horses
1: and how we feel about horses. And, and
0: I think that's a really unique message yeah, that we deliver.
1: Definitely. I think it, it, so, it comes off so much more real when it's something you've actually experienced yourself rather than just researching.
0: I totally agree. And then, so you are one of the lucky authors that gets to write full time. Can you tell us a little bit about how your life adventures led you to be able to, you know, to do that? And, you know, you obviously sure. have other experience in life. So let's talk a little sure. bit about
1: that. Um, well, I have two kids also that are 10 and 12. Um, and before I had them and before I was married, I um, actually went to law school. So I was an attorney. And then I transitioned into real estate. And um, when they were very young, when they were like toddler age, um, I had a hard time balancing the work and uh, working full time and taking care of them. So I at at some point became a stay at home mom. Um, And that's when I started writing because I couldn't just sit there when they were gone. I had to do something. And I've always loved writing. I was an English major in in college. So uh, that's when I first started toying with trying to write things. And uh, thankfully, I have a husband who's super, super supportive, both financially and emotionally. Um, And so that obviously I could not do this without him. Um, But it's been been wonderful. I have the flexibility in my schedule to still pick my kids up from school and to take them to all their activities. So yeah, it's, I'm very lucky and, and, but I love it. (laughs) That's, that's so exciting. And and I think it's, it's really
0: important to be home with your children, particularly as they're young and growing up and, and to, to have such a supportive spouse is, is really important because it it really takes something to be an author and it takes a lot of emotional energy to be an author and a mother, you know, in addition. And then, you know, you add on a full-time job to that and it's just. Your brain can explode.
1: So it's like... Yeah, I don't know how other people do it, honestly. But I I will say I do treat writing as my job. So as soon as my kids are are out to school, um, I'm up at my desk and I I write typically at least five hours a day writing and revising. It really is my career. Mm -hmm. Um, So and I have now written the three books in the Dark Horse series plus three other full length adult novels. Um, so at least I have something to show for it,
0: <laughs> and that's impressive. I mean, writing one book is an undertaking, let alone six. In, in addition to the marketing and all the other other things that you're doing, which which we'll get into in a second. Yes. Um, yeah. at, you know, before we hop into you know more about your books and your author journey, uh, I know you love the outdoors and gardening, and I would I would love just to hear a little bit more about about your hobbies um, outside of being you know a dedicated writer and a mom you like your free time and sure so what do you do there sure.
1: we love hiking we're so lucky to live in a in a place that has so many nature areas and nature trails and we have a beautiful river that's like literally a block from our house um so we do a lot of hiking we in the warmer months we we go out on the river and do tubing and kayaking um what else outside gardening um I'm a vegetarian, so I grow a lot of vegetables, and I eat uh, what we eat, what we grow, so that's always fun, Um, and it's fun to get my kids involved in that, too, just being outside. We also have a pond in our backyard, so we attract, like, all the animals within a five-mile radius come to our pond, and it's just fun to, to look out there and see them. It's really cool.
0: Oh, that sounds really peaceful. And and I asked that question a little selfishly because my husband and I just moved to our first horse property, and we—that's had- right. Yes, yes, congratulations. I'm so excited, but we're we're starting to establish eventually our own garden. So I'm I'm hoping to set things up where I can reach out to you and get some gardening tips. <laughs>
1: of course. <laughs> now I don't know what grows in Arizona versus Michigan. It's two completely different climates, <laughs> but um, and my garden is only in the summer. So. I've already put it to bed for the fall and winter this year. Oh, well, that's but it is fun. That's awesome, and you
0: know, yeah, I've seen some some pictures of the amazing things that you grow out of that garden on your Instagram
1: channel. Yeah, I I put a lot of gardening and uh, dog pictures on Instagram for anyone who's (laughs) interested.
0: (laughs) You have a spoiled rescue dog. Tell us a little bit about yes.
1: (laughs) So Milo, his name's Milo. He's a black lab mix, um, partially trained. And uh, (laughs) very nervous all the time. I don't know why, because he's gotten everything he's ever wanted from us. But um, he is, I love having him. He's, um, he sits by my side all day as I write. And he just keeps me company. And we take frisbee breaks. We take walks. And uh, yeah, there's just something special about, about dogs and horses. Totally agree. I I mean, I you know my furry
0: companions keep me company all day long, just like what just like what you said, and it's just so my heart like grows ten times its size when I look over and just see them hanging out with me while I'm while I'm doing my Uh, work. And it's and they do give you that break, that relief. Like sometimes if you're stopped or just need to get up because we can sit all day, Mm -hmm. which is not healthy, right? So they have to go out and do their business, and so they give you a reason to actually get up out of the chair and move around a little bit, which is good for for your body. Absolutely.
1: Gets gets you moving, take a break. That's
0: right. So getting back to writing, I am really excited to have you on the show today because um, I'm interested in sort of in your journey. So you which has been so incredible. Like you've had a lot of success with your Dark Horse mystery, YA mystery series. And, and that's kind of what brought us together is, you know, I was interested in your books and I read your books and I love them. And yeah, I loved
1: your, your book too.
0: <laughs> it's been fun. I mean, what, we're horse people. We love horses. Yes, if yeah, yeah.
1: If they're no, a main part of the story.
0: Yeah. So it's it's been really cool working with you and and you're so positive and, and supportive and I really like that. And And, but you, published originally with a traditional publisher. And I've been, you know, following you on your social media channels and watching what you're up to. And you recently took the rights to your books back. I was wondering if you'd talk a little bit about why and how that process looked and just share a little bit, maybe before we hop into that too, tell us about the Dark Horse Mystery Series. Just just give a little background there so people know about
1: it. Sure, that. sure. Um, so yeah, I'll start with just a little um, rundown of the Dark Horse Series. So um, it basically centers around uh, a girl named Brinley who's a highly sensitive person, meaning that she uh, processes the energy in the world around her a little bit differently than everybody else. Um, so um, she's, as the name suggests, she's very sensitive and she um, can sometimes see things or notice things that other people can't, which makes her very good at solving these mysteries that arise every, to- every year she goes to this horse camp. Um, so the, the, each book in the series is set a year apart from each other. So um, the first two, year, two books are a year apart. And then the third book, she actually returns to Foxwood as a counselor or writing instructor um, as she's preparing to leave for college the following fall. The third book was fun to write because it was a little bit different dynamic where she was actually now in charge of a cabin full of girls where she had just been a camper the year before. The first, first two books were published with um, a traditional publisher, a small press in Minnesota. It was actually a really positive experience. Um, they did a lot of the things for me that at that time I didn't wouldn't have known how to do myself. They did the editing, they did the cover, they put everything together, they did some marketing. Um, I got to meet a lot of great authors through them. Um, and I had a three-year contract. So my Trail of Secrets was with them for over three years, probably four years. Um, and then Barn Shadows was with them for the term of the contract as well. So um, when I started thinking about releasing a third book, um, my ter- the contract had been up for Trail of Secrets, and I went back and reread it. And I just noticed some things about my writing. Of course, as you go through the years writing, your writing improves. and Mm -hmm. So I noticed some things about it that I really wanted to change um, and just tighten it up, make it a little smoother. And um, it really wasn't worth their time, basically, to let me do that because it's a lot of work for them to make these changes to the books. So we kind of mutually decided that if I wanted to go that route, then I would take the books back and... Then self publish them. So um, that's what I did, and I made made the changes I wanted to make, um, got new covers, and wrote the third book. The last, you know, eight or nine months I've been working on that. So that's that's finally complete, and that one's coming out in January. So, um, and those will all be the first two are already self published, and then the third one will be also be self published.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that's so exciting. I want to talk a little bit more about the book in just a second, but just um, a couple questions about uh, moving on from the traditional publisher. Did you, were you required to revise the covers, or is that something you, you wanted to do, just give them an update, like the, the contents?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how, other, how it would work with other publishers, but I, yeah, I had a pretty good relationship with the, the publisher I was with and the cover designer. Um, so I just basically talked to them and they said, look, you can pay us, um, a fee and keep the covers. But since I was revamping them and re releasing them, I kind of wanted to get new covers for them. Um, so I went to, I don't know if you know the website called Reedsy, R E E D S Y. Um, I've heard of it. Is it, is that like similar to Fiverr or is it? I think so. Yes. Okay. I think it's along the same lines. Um, so anyway, there's uh different services for authors here, there at that website. And mm-hmm. one of them is cover designers. So you can um, post your project. So I described my books. I put the previous covers as examples and then different designers will submit their designs and basically bid on your project Cool. Um, and offer, you know, a price. So I found, um, this woman, her name's Laura Boyle, and she's the one who designed the um, the new covers for my book, for both of my books. Actually, all three of them. <laughs> the, the third one, I forgot about the third one. That one hasn't been revealed yet, but the cover reveal for the third book is happening in December, and um, that's actually the cover I love. Out of I love all three of them, but the third one's my favorite, so I can't wait to reveal that that's very exciting and in the,
0: the the redesign covers are beautiful. I, li- I liked both versions so that that's thank a- you.
1: yeah, I, I like the original covers too. I just you know when you re-release, I just wanted a fresh fresh look.
0: That makes total sense. I mean, and a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people refresh their their book covers from time to time. So I think that makes a lot of sense, especially because you you know you're you're taking it into this this different realm. So why did you decide to go the independent publishing route this time with, with the dark horse mystery series?
1: Uh, Well, because like I mentioned, the changes I wanted to make. um, And then uh, once you have your books published with uh, a traditional publisher, another publisher doesn't usually, they won't, another publisher won't take it once it's been published, unless it's a very extraordinary circumstance. So, um, so yeah, I just, for for this in this scenario, it made sense that was to to do it this way.
0: Well, that makes a lot of sense, and and thank you for clarifying that. I, I'm not sure that listeners who are interested in in publishing a book would would know that once they're published somewhere else, often another publisher wouldn't pick them up. But but there is a way to to get them back out into the world, and that is through mm-hmm. the independent publishing platform. So independent publishing provides so much opportunity, which is really exciting. So you could take something that you know back in the day wouldn't have another life, and give it a fresh life again and, and do the editing exactly. that, that you wanted to do. Yeah. that's very
1: And cool. I do like, I do like the control too, that it gives you. Um, for example, with the traditional publisher, I I sometimes didn't know, like they would put my book on sale and I wouldn't even know it was on sale. So it's like, how can I market that when I don't even know when it, when you have control, you know, when everything is happening and um, you know, you can make the changes, like I mentioned, you can change the cover or do different promotions. Um, I have it enrolled, my books enrolled in Kindle Unlimited, which was something I couldn't do with my previous publisher. So there's all those things as well.
0: Yeah, that's really great. And for people that aren't familiar with what uh, Kindle Unlimited is, would you give like a
1: little brief snapshot sure, of that? Sure, sure. Um, so it's a program run by Amazon, a monthly subscription um, basically, and, I, and actually I don't know the dollar amount you, they pay per month, do you, do you know what that is? I'm, I'm not sure, from what
0: I understand, it's uh, per page read and there's like this global fund. Oh no, on- yeah,
1: that. I'm saying the readers who subscribe to it, I, oh. I think they pay a monthly fee That's right. that might
0: I'm so, I don't know, but I do know you can get it, you can try, you do a trial for free for a month. That's right. Yeah, you can, you can do
1: a, a trial for free. Uh, but anyway, the reader subscribes to it, pays a monthly fee, and uh, can read any book that's enrolled in Kindle Unlimited for free, basically. And the author on the other end gets paid per page read. Um, it's a very small amount per page read, but if enough pages are read, I think it does add up over time.
0: Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, that actually makes a lot of sense to, you know, the cool thing about Kindle Unlimited is you can dabble with it. And I think it's like a 90 day term. And then if you're mm-hmm. not satisfied with the, the results, you can take it out of the program. So it's just a different way to experiment with with book sales. And, you know, they keep saying that uh, the future is subscription based. So, you know, it's it's pretty neat to be able to go in as a reader who devours books like I do, you know, and, and read anything and everything. Right you know, for free with that subscription. Right. right. And I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Okay. Go find you. you. Um, so, you know, moving, moving a little further in, um, let's talk about your, your third book. You already kind of gave us a little preview about, um, you know, friendly has started to, to grow up and she is now in charge of her cabin. Can you talk a little bit about, um, where you're taking the series and, You know, the cover reveals in
1: December. So when can people get their hands on the third book? (laughs) Sure. Um, So the third book will release uh, sometime early to mid-January 2020. It's called Cabin 5. Um, Cabin 5 is the cabin that Brindley was a camper in her first two years at Foxwood. And now she's returned um, as a counselor for Cabin 5. She she rides to an overlook and finds a Native American um, arrowhead in the ground, and um, soon after that, some really bad things start happening to her campers, and she starts believing that it is related to this arrowhead that she found and maybe some old Native American curse that might be on the land. So um, meanwhile, there's some other things going on with her cabin mate, who is also a previous camper who she didn't get along with and who is now a counselor with her. Mm -hmm. And uh, a competition between a couple cabins. So she's trying to get to the bottom of all of these horrible things that are happening and threatening to actually close Foxwood because the owners are not able to deal with all of the catastrophes. Um, So it's up to her to now save the the Riding Academy and figure out what's going on. Wow, um, this sounds spectacular! I'm so yeah. Excited. So, so um, it's good. And then at the same time, she has been leasing a horse that she uh, got the previous summer from Foxwood, who she's been able to keep for the year. And now, she, as she returns, she it's her time to now give the horse back. So it's a, a very emotional, um, mm-hmm. I know, <laughs> separation and. Uh, and she's preparing to leave for college, and it's just not in the budget to take the horse with her. But um, she does connect with another younger camper who she also feels is is a highly sensitive person. So she's trying – there's there's hope for the future, I'll put it that way.
0: Oh, this sounds so great. And, you know, part of what really attracted me to her, to your main character was – was that highly sensitive intuition, you know, I really felt like I could, I could like relate with her. And I think a lot of introverts actually could feel like they could, could relate with your lead character. And I love that you've taken the series in a direction where your readers are able to grow up with her. I I think that that, that is really exciting.
1: Yeah. Um, That's been one of the most fun things is to see her growth over the three books um, and just which is, you know, when someone actually ages three years, they do grow as a person. So um, that's been uh, just one of the most satisfying things to write is is her growth.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. A lot of fun with this this third book and are excited about releasing it. That's the awesome. I am. Yes. Yeah. I am. <laughs> I Thank you. I can't wait to take the cover and, and, and read the third book in the series. And here's something really exciting for your readers if they don't know about it. I and I didn't know about this. I actually learned about it when I was galloping around your your website and your very thorough, beautiful blog. Um I found out that you have a short story. Do you tell us a little bit about that short story? And Uh, where readers can find it and and how they can, you know, continue with the series?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Barn Dance um, is available on a website called Prolific Works. Um, It used to be called Insta Freebie, but they changed it. So now it's Prolific Works. And it's a place where you can go to download free books, free short stories. And a lot of authors use it as a way just to get their writing out there to attract readers. Um, So it gives you a little, just a little taste of um, friendly and her sensitivities, and a a glimpse into her, uh, a love interest, whose name is Luke, um, who you'll meet in, if you read book one, he's in book one, he's also in book two, and he's also in book three, but I won't tell you what happens. Um, You can't tell us what happens. um, (laughs) So uh, the funny, funny story about Barn Dance is I actually first wrote it as um, my, the, publisher that I was previously with was putting together a Valentine's Day romance anthology and I um, am not a romance writer but that did not stop me from writing this story and submitting it and um, they told me this is not a romance which I should have known because I'm not a romance writer so it was not part of the anthology but it, because- it did become its
0: they told you it wasn't steamy enough, is that Yeah, right? yeah, they told me
1: it wasn't like steamy enough and romantic enough. And I said, I said you know what, I, I agree, it's not because that's not what I write. So I should have known that to begin with. But, um, but they said, you know what, this would make a great standalone short story as an introduction to your series. And I thought, well, that's true. So I kept it and um, decided to just give it away for free. Um, so it, I think it's not long enough to be a full mystery, but it does, um, there is a little something that dramatic that happens and where Brindley has to help a horse and it gives you a glimpse and like I said, into her sensitivities and into her love interest. And it, the story actually takes place in between books one and two, but, um, but it can be read at any time. Um, and it actually has, um. The full first chapter of Trail of Secrets is included at the end of the short story. So it's a good way to, to get that, read that also for free if, if someone's not sure if they're interested or not.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I was going to ask you if it was like a prequel or because a lot of authors will, you know, go and do a prequel after their series is out to kind of introduce the characters mm-hmm. and use it as a way to guide people towards their email list or introduce them to the series. So, so that's really fun. So you, you got to try on something new. Realized that romance wasn't for you, and but it's still a useful, a useful uh, complement to the series. So that turned out great. Right, right. I'm trying to wrap my head around like what, like I can't even fathom writing a short story. Like, was it was it hard to write a short story? Like, how many words did the book ended up end up being? And you know, what was your strategy? towards you know squishing everything into a short story yeah do? really that's
1: that's funny because um I think most people would think it would be much harder to write a full-length adult novel like you do whereas a short story it has its own challenges but it mm-hmm. takes a lot obviously less time to write what I've been told about short stories is that you start as close as you can to the end. <laughs> Oh. And, and that's how you can make it shorter. The way I came up with mine is I took a scene from, um, now I'm not remembering if I took the scene from Trail of Secrets or Barn Shadows, but it was from one of them, and I built off of that, um, oh, that her remembering nice. her a date she had with this guy, Luke, cool. and, uh, and then something else that then happened, because she's this is between, so she's uh, not at Foxwood. She's at home in her Detroit suburb and, uh, trying to have a date with this guy, Luke and, but a horse show gets in the way. And this is some drama that happens.
0: That is so cool. I am going to go check out, um, barn dance. I'm actually really okay, excited because I, yeah, I didn't know it was out there in the world and I, I will link to the uh, prolific works link. So, so people great. Wonderful. check That out. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: that's really, really neat. I'm excited to read that one too, because it kind of, Gives me a taste while I'm waiting for a book. Yeah,
1: but you should, you should give writing a short story a try because especially if it's a spinoff from one of your characters, um, it's, it's a way people can get a glimpse of your writing without making a big commitment. Yeah. And then um, most, most likely they'll like it and then buy the book.
0: You know, it's, it's, and I've thought of that. I've actually thought about writing a little prequel to In the Rains about Devin's life uh, in New York City before she even gets back into horses. Oh yeah,
1: that would be, that would be really interesting.
0: I think it would be fun, but it's like, I'm, I gotta be honest, I'm a little scared of the short story, um, component. Cause it's like, how many words is a short story? Because I like to get kind of, you know. No,
1: I think they, they, it's whatever you want.
0: So, um,
1: like a there's some novels, like.
0: 50,000, right? So a normal novel is like 50,000 to
1: 80,000 words. Yeah, it, more like 80,000 probably. Yeah. Um, so a short story, it might be, it could be, there's some flash fiction that are only a thousand words, and now that's too short for me, but <laughs> <I'm scared. laughs> I think, you, you know, if you make it maybe three to 5,000 words, that's uh, a chapter or two <laughs> of a novel. That's pretty, that's like really
0: cool and exciting. I'm going to get, I'm inspired by this conversation. I'm totally going to check out Barn Dance, but you know, the, I, I'm also going to like do my thing and do do a little research about like, how do you structure <laughs> a short story and, and, right, and right. You know what that looks like, but that that's really cool. And that's an amazing marketing strategy, right? To, to introduce people to
1: your work, like you said. So cool. Very cool. I think, yeah, it's an easy, easy way to do it.
0: Yep yeah I'm still scared though,
1: but I'm gonna try it.
0: <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about prolific works. Uh, you know, a couple authors that I've already interviewed have mentioned using this and really liking this as a strategy to build their email list. Like what has your experience um, been with that and and why did you decide to strictly do burn dance as a as a free giveaway rather than you know offering it that way, but then also maybe publishing it?
1: prolific works is is super has been super easy to work with. Um, you you just upload your short story in whatever format they ask for and the cover and you put some keywords mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, and then you can join group giveaways. So there might be like uh, a YA giveaway or an animal lovers giveaway. And then you can submit your free book to be in these different giveaways. And that's a good way to find new readers as well. Is
0: there a cost associated with um, prolific works? Do they, how does that? There's work? no cost at all. Cool. So and, it's a, uh, t- a free tool for authors to use to, to help market your yeah. books. Great. Yeah. Cool.
1: I mean, you're giving away books for free, so they're getting something from you as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously. Uh, and then, so why will you ever consider putting Barn Dance out there?
1: There's just not a huge market for short stories, a paid market for short stories. I mean, people do sell, the, sell anthologies with short stories, but mm-hmm. I haven't found a good way to really to market that. Um, so for me, Barn Dance is just, it's just more of a marketing tool than something that I would try to sell, I guess.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Your, your <laughs> website says that you are now primarily writing for adults and looking to sign with a with a larger publisher for your adult suspense novels. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about your, you know, your adult books and what you're working on now and and
1: what what your goal is with the with sure the larger publisher sure um so so about t- two years ago um i signed with a, a literary agent um her name's helen zimmerman and uh she really liked one of my adult novels suspense novels um it's a, about a realtor in chicago who does kind of crooked things to get business and um uh, so she took that under her wing. And then uh, since then, I've actually rewritten it based on some feedback we got. Um, so she's now out there now marketing it again for me. Um, but in the meantime, I've written two more uh, adult psychological thriller suspense novels, um, which she is also representing and and shopping around for me. It's, what I've learned is that it's Painfully slow process, (laughs) so it's been a lesson in patience for me. Um, And the only thing I can do is just to keep writing and and hope that one of them will hit, and then that should lead to the other ones getting out there as well.
0: That's really exciting. And and your so how did you so your did your agent read your book and then come to you, or did did you did you find her and then she read your book? Like how
1: how did you yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I, I sent query letters to a bunch of different agents describing my book mm-hmm. and then sending them. They all require different things. but um, So let's say some require the first 25 pages or some might ask for the full manuscript. And then if they're interested, they email you back and ask for, to read the whole thing. Um, so, so she did and she read it and she said she loved it. She signed with me
0: that's exciting. So, so that's great feedback initially on you know on the next adventures in life, and then and then so now yeah. she takes your books. She represents your books. What is what has that journey been like? Like, how how does it work? Your connection to the agent, and the agent connecting to the publisher. Like, how does she, she do that for so, you? So
1: um, yeah, so a lot of people I don't think realize that as an author you can't just send your manuscript to Penguin or Simon and Schuster. They only take. <laughs> manuscripts that are represented by an agent. She she takes it, she helps me polish it or whatever needs to be done, and then she sends it out to the different publishers that um, she thinks it would be a good fit for. So then, and then it's it's usually a waiting game then to, to either, you know, either for good news or for feedback on what you could improve on it. So, um, you know, and then if they don't hit then I, I'm learning the next step might be to then go back to maybe either a smaller publisher or, you know, there's always the self-publishing pu- option, which I'm exploring now with the, with the horse books. Mm-hmm.
0: So that, which is really exciting. You've got a whole, you have a whole bunch of avenues that you can explore. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you, dream publisher, like where would you just bounce out of your boots to see your book?: Oh my laying? gosh. Oh my gosh.
1: Any, any of the the bigger ones. Winding up at any of them would be, would be. Yeah. Any of them. I'll take any.
0: Good luck there. Did you find uh, the transition from going from writing for, you know, young adults to writing for adults challenging or what,
1: how was your experience with that? In some ways I find uh, writing for adults easier than writing for young adults because um, I don't have to worry about language or different, situations that people might find themselves in. Um, I don't have to worry about you know, offending somebody or angry emails from mothers or things like that. You know, you just don't have to worry about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which has got to be kind of freeing. You're like, hey okay, characters, you can run right.
1: wild. <laughs> exactly. The young adult books that I was writing were still in the mystery genre. Um, and then my adult novels are at their heart, they're mysteries, also. So it's it's it wasn't a big change, really.
0: Mm-hmm. And and you're a fan of mysteries yourself. That's like what you like to read, right?
1: I love reading mysteries, and really psychological thrillers are like what I love reading the most. Um, but I I mean I enjoy reading lots of different things too. I don't only read that, you know. Mm-hmm. I I like even nonfiction or um, historical fiction, romantic suspense. They're all different things.
0: Yeah, when I mean a reader is a reader is a reader, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Bookshelves are so many different things. I don't only read horse books, folks. I just happen to really
1: like them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the great thing too about connecting with other authors is that authors are usually readers as well. Um, So it's a great way to get your work out to more potential readers and then discover Mm -hmm. um, new authors. Absolutely. So. I mean,
0: some, I have been recommended so many great books from my author friends that it's like, I'm always like, oh my gosh, this book. Uh, I just interviewed um, a horse photographer. Her name is Shelly Paulson, and she does a lot oh. of like commercial work for um, like Farnham and um, Neutrina and uh, SmartPak. She, she does like all these great horse pictures, but she recommended uh-huh. some books to me that really started our friendship um, by this guy. His name is Cal Newport. And he talks about it's really helped my author work. You might like these books. Um, they're called Deep Work, Be So Good They Can't Ignore You and Digital Minimalism. Digital minimalism really goes into like how, um, you know, social media and all these d- distractions going on around the world actually keep us from doing our best work. Um, hmm. And, and really focusing in on what we're doing, and as an author, it's like created so much more time for me. It's been amazing. Um, oh, that's interesting. Slight tangent, but anyway, Cal Newport. Yeah, that's okay. great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you you have a lot of experience. You have, um, you know, you're you have you're going the independent publishing route. You're working with an agent and um, looking at larger publishers. You've worked with a smaller pu- traditional publisher. You've you've had a lot of experience. Is mm-hmm. and, so? What I'm wondering is. Was there anything that you wish you had known that maybe you can offer advice to an aspiring author when you first started out that you wish you had known um, when you got going with your career?
1: Yeah, um, definitely. There are so many things I wish I had known. (laughs) But yeah, the the main one is I, you know, when I first signed with uh, the smaller publisher, I thought that was like, I thought that was it. I thought I had it made, you know. And I didn't realize that that was only just the very beginning. Like you have to—I I, I guess I didn't. What I'm trying to say is I didn't realize the amount of marketing um, that would go into it. Even with—and that wasn't even self-published, you know—but even with a small press, you have to do so much of your own marketing. I thought just because it was published and out there and available that people would just automatically buy it. And the the truth is that there's just so many books on the market um, that it's, they get lost if you're not out there promoting and marketing them. Um, so, um, that's why doing things like this is really great Mm -hmm. and social media, um, other and the prolific works thing. I mean, you just always have to be out there letting people know about your books. Um, otherwise people can't buy a book that they don't know exists. That's what it comes down to.
0: Yeah. So I, you know, I think, I think that actually surprises uh, a lot of people to hear when they hear that even, even when you are, um, with a traditional publisher, there's a lot of the marketing work kind of falls, falls to you. They help of course, but, but a lot of, a lot of it falls to the author's shoulders to, Mm -hmm. to maintain that. Okay. So, so I thought that this was really cool. You, uh, wrote a, wrote a post on your blog that your, uh, your novels a lot of your novels were all written or started anyway in November during Nanorimo. Would you talk a little bit about Nanorimo and how it it helps you get these books going
1: but that's true i um, so national novel writing month for the, for people who don't know is um, it's basically a challenge to write a novel in thirty days um, and so it the idea is that it makes it easier for you than the idea of of writing this Enormous manuscript, um, you know, just it seems like such a big task. But if you break it down into a daily goal of, I think it comes out to about 1700 words a day, um, then all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more doable. So for me, that I'm a goal oriented person, right? 1700 words a day, you know, and so in um, some days it was definitely harder than others, and some days I didn't get it done, but um, it did. It by the end of the 30 days, you have something to work with. Even if it's not the full 50,000 words, you might have 35,000 words. And that's um, probably half a novel, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, then all of a sudden it's not so daunting. Oh, I can get this done. And I have, it's not a beautiful vase, but it's a lump of clay that you can mold, you know what I mean? And go back and revise and add on to. Yeah. That's,
0: that's, Really great, and it gives you incentive, right, to sit down in the chair and do the work. But but the other thing about NanoRimo is that there's a community of uh, other authors doing it at the same time. So it's a it's a big community of people sitting down in November, working on their books. You know, the goal of the 1700 uh, words a day, and then they have like a, a platform where you can enter in the the number of words that you had uh-huh. a day and track yeah. your progress and to track
1: it. That's right, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's really cool Did... to be able to see that, right? Have you done? Have you done that? I, I went for it last year. I started it. I actually started the fourth book in the In the Rain series during NaNoWMO. Oh, Nimo. great. And I think I got to um, 35,000 words, and you know, then, it, then it just kind of, I didn't get it all yeah. done, but, it, but I really liked it. I like the community. I like the mm-hmm. conversation going on. They have a lot of great webinars and different things that, that you can learn about the process of writing a novel, and I really like the idea of just sit down, do it. Um, go for it. And um, I'm still working on the fourth novel. I may actually, I'm doing this interview with you and reading your blog post actually inspired me to think about sitting down and doing NaNoWriMo again. Oh, great.
1: Great. So yeah, what I found is I usually, that's funny that you said you got to about 35,000 words, because I think that's about where I got every yeah. time. <laughs> but, um, but even that is, that's something, and even if it takes two months you know, who cares? It's mm-hmm. still a novel that you've written a first draft in two months or three months or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, it's really great. And then I love your strategy too. You said November can sometimes be, even though that's when it happens, like the official nanoRimo, that that you you like the strategy so much that that you have another way you use what you learn from NanoRimo. Yeah. What what do you do there?
1: I well, so November isn't always the best month for me just because of Thanksgiving and traveling and things like that. Because um, I tend to like lose that whole week, which doesn't really work. Right. Um, so <laughs> I make my own <laughs> National Novel Writing Month, and uh, a month where I know I'll have more time to actually devote every day to writing a certain number of words. So sometimes it could be in September or May, um, and it and I just track the numbers on on my own. Yeah. And,
0: and just seeing, seeing those numbers, the number count grow is just is really exciting and motivating. Mm-hmm. So, so definitely, you can, you can do you can be like Laura and do NaNoWriMo whenever you want to. That's right.
1: It doesn't have to be November. That's right. It's just another <laughs> skill in your, in, your,
0: in your tool bag. Um, so I'm really curious about uh, what you're working on right now. You're, you're, suspe- you're working on a suspense
1: novel right now. Can you tell us a little bit about am. what you're working on? I am working on uh, an adult psychological thriller um, involving. It's it's set at a high school and it involves the murder of a very popular and young um, and carefree English teacher, and she is actually murdered the night of the school's biggest fundraiser, and um, she ha- she has made a lot of enemies during her time at this her short time at the school because she was just tired, um, so there's a lot of suspects and uh and it's one of the those books that goes back and forth between two narrators so every other chapter is is uh it's one of two people and uh yeah so that's what i'm i'm working on and it's it's i have i just finished the third draft revisions today actually so i'm i might take a day off tomorrow <laughs> and then uh and then have some uh some people read it for me and give me some feedback and go from there.
0: That's really exciting and good for you. Um, thanks. You know, how do you keep, do you find it sometimes difficult to keep all that uh, track of all that when there's, you know, this mystery and this story weaving and flowing, do you, or, or do you
1: know what's going to go on? Um, I, I, I feel like I, I basically know, but there's always, um, there's always different things that come up that you weren't expecting that then you have to go back and weave into the story. Just even like I, I had to add in a couple more characters. I realized I was missing um, enough teachers and I didn't have a vice principal and all these problems <laughs> that I that I didn't think about. So I had to go back and add all those things in. It does help to have obviously some other sets of eyes on it, whether that's a trusted beta reader or uh, a critique group or your agent or whoever it is, Mm -hmm. um, just to, to give you that feedback. And then it's not, it's by no means finished. Like I'll take a break and then go back and, and look at it again.
0: That's sometimes the best thing to do too, is like you, you work diligently on it and then you give it some room to breathe and then you come back Mm -hmm. to it and you can, you can add these, these things or, or spiff something up here, there, or add a new twist. Um, how long do you usually give yourself to breathe before you go back to your books?
1: Um, that's a good question. I I think it varies with this one. I actually let it breathe all summer because I was working on cabin five all summer. Mm -hmm. So I I thought it was a good time to just set that one aside for a while. And then, um, that really helped to set it aside for that long a time because I had forgotten a lot of what I, what I wrote. So when I came back and reread it in September, um, it was with very fresh eyes, and I noticed a lot of things that I wouldn't have seen. I think if I had just tried to go through it immediately, um, again after doing the second revision. So and I think I think it, it really helps to set it aside for a while.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you know when you spend time with this book all day long every day and you're touching it and being with it, like you start mm-hmm. to not see things anymore. You know that. Yeah, why...
1: you're so close to it that it's hard mm-hmm. to see. Um, oh, I, I already said that five times, <laughs> you know, but someone else can read it and say, oh, you already said that five times. And it's like, oh, you're right. I, I did. And then yeah. you can fix it.
0: Yeah. And, and that's funny. That's something uh, that happens with beta readers a lot. They'll be like, boy, you really like this particular word. That's another really interesting thing, too, that you learn as an, as an author, you know, it's like, because you take you know, you, you're writing, but it's like day after day after day, you may forget that you used a word mm-hmm. a bazillion times. Like my editor, you know, caught that a couple of times in, in, in my book. She's like, you've used this word 76 times. I think you need, wow. to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you need to find another word or just put those things like out of there.
1: But, yeah, you
0: know, That's why it's so vital to take breaks and then, you know, have somebody else come in and read it for you. Right. That's really informative. Thank you so much. And, and so we're getting towards the end here. And I have a couple more questions for you. Sure. Uh, what for you has been the hardest part about being an author?
1: Oh, wow. I, I think probably just staying motivated. Um, it's just such a tough industry to break into and to succeed at. And, um, there's so much criticism, even when you, when you produce a good product, you know, it's just, it's out there for everyone. So mm-hmm. it's just, it comes with the business. Um, but yeah, I think staying motivated in, in a business that just takes so long, especially if you're going the traditional publishing route, like I'm trying to do, it takes so long to actually reach the next milestone. Um, And so it's just uh, that, that a lesson in perseverance, I think, Um, and that's, that's been a little bit difficult, but at the same time, I think, you know, you gotta, if if you're able to keep your eye on the prize and just keep going forward, um, I think good things can, can happen.
0: Absolutely, and and I'm rooting for you. And you know, pa- you. particularly with you know taking your books to the next level and going you know to a big publisher, that's that's really exciting. And I'm going to be following your journey, and and I'd like to have you back on the show so you can talk about that when when. Oh, that'd be
1: wonderful. When that happens. happens, I definitely will. <laughs> I will because you
0: said I you said that that these new books that you're working on may may not be horse themed, but you can't resist having a horse run through a pasture somewhere. <laughs> there still, still be they still be very
1: true. <laughs> every one of my books has a horse somewhere in it. you can it's that's a challenge. you can find it. Nice, and I like that.
0: So, <laughs> you know, so that's great. And then, on the flip side of that question, what what for you has been the best part of being an author? You already mentioned that you you know you love it when you hear that you've touched a reader and they and they come back to you and they, they tell you they couldn't put your book down. And they can't wait for the next one. Is there anything else that really makes you hurtful?
1: I think, that is the best when somebody tells you, someone you don't even know, it's just mm-hmm. random person emails and says, I loved your book. When's the next one coming out? That's, that's the absolute best. I also love um, just, you know, cause I, I have kids and I think they look, they are impressed on some level that I have written these books and they're published. And so that makes my heart full that they're proud of me. Well, what
0: what a great example you are being for your children. Mom has a big dream and she's making it happen. I mean, what yeah. better role model could you possibly be than you know going after it? Right. I'm I'm trying. So
1: hopefully yeah. they'll they'll see that and and go after their own dreams.
0: That's great. Well, you're already crazy successful. You know, you're just you're just going to the next <laughs> rung. You know what I mean? You have a you have a full book series out in the dark horse mystery series and you know you've, you've got all this great stuff going on so it's like you're only just going to continue growing and that's so cool. Thank
1: you so much.
0: Oh you're welcome and I just wanted to say thank you so much for being on the show with me today and I really appreciate you doing this and sharing your journey with us and um, let people know where where they can find you and I'll make sure to include those links in the show notes so people can get to you directly but where can people find you in your books Laura?
1: Oh, okay. Um, well, the the Dark Horse series is on Amazon. Um, and if you'll, you'll put the link um, to that. But uh, Trail of Secrets is the first book. Barn Shadows is the second book. And then uh, Cabin 5 will be coming out in January. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then my website is laurawolfbooks.com. And I'm on Instagram. L, what is it? L. Wolf writes and uh, Twitter at laurawolfbooks
0: and Fantastic. Facebook.
1: Laura and Wolf. Wolf
0: books. Yeah, we're, we're all over the place. I'll make sure to link to all your social media channels and in the, in the show notes so people can find you and your books. Great. And great. Thank you. Thank you so much for the gift of your time. I hope you have a great rest of your day and 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 we'll keep, I'll keep following you and, and we'll keep talking and I'm excited to see how things develop.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I hope you enjoy these Q&A sessions with wonderful equine authors who love all things horses and writing, just like me. Visit my website, carlycadecreative.com, where you can read the show notes and make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of horse book authors? Gallop over to CarlyCadeCreative.com forward slash wisdom to have author advice delivered instantly to your inbox. If you are an author who writes about horses and would like to be spotlighted, please let me know. Visit my contact page at CarlyCadeCreative.com to fill out a request. I'd be happy to have you on the show too. Thank you for tuning in to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. See you next time. I'm your host, Carly Cade. Creative writing makes my spurs jingle. Thank you.